we've already talked about, turn with 1 Corinthians 1, if you would. 1 Corinthians 1, and uh, we're going to read verses uh, um, 22, 23, and 24. He says, for the Jews, let's all stand as we honor God's word. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. This is what people look for in religion. For we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for those that have come out today, Lord. And we just pray that you'll send them out. We pray that they'll come to more than one service. And, Lord, we realize that uh, sometimes these messages uh, are kind of long. And, and Lord, uh, we have to preach them on the second service. But, uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll see fit to... to bless all, everyone, Lord. I, uh, I know what it takes to be a blessing, uh, to the Lord. And, and I know that someday every one of us are going to have to stand before judgment. We'll have to give an account of ourselves before Him. And Lord, uh, I would hold out rather listen to these messages preached and someday have to face the Lord Jesus Christ in judgment. Because we refuse to hear the things that you would have us to know. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. We talked this morning about uh, why is the gospel a stumbling block. And and we want, we want to complete that. I never completed that thought because the time was, was getting away. But... Um, we want to talk about, uh, we ended our, our message this morning with um, this statement, what is, uh, for there is no place in their busy lives for the good news of the gospel. It, it is, the gospel is far good news from those who don't want to hear it, don't want it preached to them, would rather have uh, some soothing uh prosperity message preached to them rather than the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But contrary wise, they really hate it. You know, down in their hearts, they really hate it and, and they hate any who may bring it to them. You know, they, uh, they, they don't want to hear it and they don't want to listen and they don't want anybody to aggravate them with it. That's that's the hatred they have for the gospel of Christ. It is uh, Martin Luther said uh, 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 a gospel, and I mean Martin Luther was a Lutheran, but he said a gospel that does not offend is not the gospel of Christ. Now he said that back in the 1300s, and so um, the gospel is an offending thing, and it is a stumbling block to men. As it is preached to them, 
And, you know, and if, if you just choose not to listen to it, it'll never become a stumbling block to you because you'll just let it pass on by and, and, and forget about it. It's like everything else. You know, people, people warn us about things and we don't heed the warnings and then we wind up doing something because we, we weren't aware of what was going on. And, and so that's, um, that's what the case is here with the gospel. You know, <clears throat> the, the high priest with the Pharisees and scribes cried out, when the gospel was preached to them, they cried out. And the God, you know when the gospel was preached to them? When Jesus was hanging on the tree. And here's what they cried out. They cried out, let him come down and we will believe in him. Now, um, even right up to the time that Christ died, you know, they were crying out, you know, let him show us another sign. Let him show us another miracle. Let him show us some things here. If he'll, if he'll come down from there, we'll believe it. Well, see, that's the way people are. You know, there's not enough, there's not enough in the gospel message for people to hang anything physical on to. And, but you don't hang anything physical on to the gospel. It's all spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. It's, it's a belief thing. Just like the song we just sang, uh, nothing but the blood, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the way the Lord saves us. But, uh, the war we come to the blood at is someone has to die and has to sacrifice their blood in order for us to cry out as we did in this song that, that, uh, it's nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood that saves, nothing but the blood that God uses to save, but you have to go through the gospel in order to get to the point of the blood. Now, these folks, they want a savior without this man who called himself God. That's the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those legalists. They were legalists. That's what he's referring to here when he says here uh, in, a, in a 22nd verse. Now, these, this is all on these three verses now. What he says here in this 22nd verse, for the Jews require a sign. Now, you know, that's so... Pharisees, no Sadducees, prove it to us. Prove who you are. Prove what you say you're going to do. Prove it to us. And he, he was not about to do that. In any way, when Satan tempted him there, we preached on that sometime back. You know, all Satan did, Satan said, if you'll do this, if you do that, if you'll do this, then in one, one case he said, if you'll just you'll just cast yourself down he says i'll give you the whole world but it's 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 not enough to understand and to know the simplicity of the gospel of christ the gospel of christ is just as simple as it comes jesus died for his children not jesus died for you jesus died for his children and you know we we see these bumper stickers, Jesus died for you. That's not necessarily so. You see those bumper stickers that says, God loves you. That's not necessarily so. 
<clears throat> if I read it, yeah, it's so for me. But it's not necessarily so for everybody. You know, that's the type of gospel that people want to hear. They want to hear that gospel that is watered down, that is so weak, that it, it doesn't teach anything, and, and that's the gospel they want to hear. They want to walk a church aisle. They want to go into baptismal waters. They want their names to be put on the church roll, and then they want to serve the Lord as they want to. They, they don't want nothing. They, want, they, want, they don't want to hear nothing else. <coughs> they don't... <clears throat> they want. They don't want to hear how they should live, and, and how how they should act. They don't. They don't want to live how they should make decisions that are spiritual decisions. They don't want to hear that. So that's uh, that's where that's where we are today. It is the same today. Men, women, and even children want salvation without the doctrines of the gospel. Oh, they want salvation. Men want religion. But they want it without the doctrines of the gospel. They, they, they don't want to hear once they walk a church aisle. They don't want to hear, well, uh, this is required of you. you. You, you're supposed to serve the Lord. You're supposed to serve Him faithfully. And, and just like one place the apostle Paul says, He's going to return for all those who are watching for Him. You know, you don't, it, it's enough to preach to somebody about the return of the Lord. But it, it's a great something else for him to return only for those who are watching for him. If you're saved today and you're truly saved, you're going to be watching for him. And you're going to be waiting on him. And you're going to be watching for him. So this is what they want. They want to walk the church aisle, go into the baptismal waters, come up to live their own lifestyle and teach their children to do the same. That's what they want. You know, that's what they want. I had a, I had a lady one time was, I was talking to her. It's been many years ago. I was talking to her and, uh, she said, I tell all of my children they ought to get baptized. And I said, why? She said, well, they should. She said, she ever said every child should get baptized. And, and I said, well, what about being saved? She said, I don't know about that. But, you know, she's teaching her children, just get baptized and everything's fine. I've, I've, I've even had them, I've even had people tell me, they'll say, well, uh, 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 I'm not a member of a church. I, I know I need to get in church and I know I need to get my membership somewhere. That's not the gospel. That's not what the gospel teaches. That's not what, that's not what we preach in the gospel. In that, but that's that's the type of of teaching they want. I, I I know I know this to be true because I've seen it. Do they do they not realize that to believe in Christ as their Lord and Savior is to bow to Him in humble service? You know, if if you really believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to bow down to Him. How can you call Him Lord and not serve Him? Not bow down to Him. Not not give your whole life to Him. And to his work. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I've said it many times in my prayers, my private prayers. You know, Lord, without you, I can't go any further. Without you, I, I'm done in the ministry. You know, without, without you, I, I don't know which way to turn. But that's the way it is in a child of God's life. Without the Lord, they don't know which way to go. They don't know which way to turn. 
Oh, they'll find a way to go, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's with the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes it's with their own judgment of things that they feel is right for their life, and, and, and they don't feel that anything in the Bible here is right for their life. You know, they don't sit down, and, and just like I've asked people before, they'll say, well, I'm going to do this. I said, have you prayed about it? You know, it's a question, question I ask, or have you prayed about it? You know, they say, I'm, I'm going so-and-so, but have you prayed about it? I know that when we, when we went to Rhonda and, and, um, and, and Doris, uh, and Hannah, we went to Kentucky, I went as far as Kentucky with me, uh, but then I went on to Michigan, but, um, I know Rhonda said when we, we got on the road, she said, you know, we haven't prayed about this yet. And she's right, we hadn't. You know, we determined we were going to go, but we hadn't prayed about it. So first stop we got, we prayed about it. And, and that's, um, how, how can you go any further without him? How can you make your own decisions that this is what I'm going to do? I'm not going to listen to what the Bible says. I'm not going to listen to that. You know, you, uh, I've even heard statements made, you know, you, you don't have to be that faithful in church. And, and, and they went on to say, as Brother Paul teaches. I've heard that statement made. You know, that, that cuts you to the bone, but that's, that's not the first time I ever had a statement made that cut me to the bone. That cuts you to the bone when somebody says, well, you don't have to be that faithful, not like Brother Paul says. And uh, you say, well, no, you don't have to be faithful. Well, what are you going to do when you stand before the Lord someday? He's going to question you about your faithfulness. He's going to question you about your faithfulness. You know, and you're, you're just going to start losing one reward right after another. It's not going to be long until you're not going to have a reward. And as I said this morning, you're going to have an empty crown. And, and what, what, what will you have to lay back at the feet of Jesus that shows the life that you live here on this earth? If you don't want to live as the Bible teaches. If you don't want to live it. But that's the way it is today. In essence, their sins were nailed to the tree as Christ was nailed to the tree. Do you realize that? Do you realize that your sins are nailed to that tree that Christ was nailed to? You'll say, well, my goodness, I didn't know that. Well, I'm telling you today, it's true. All in the gospel of Christ, all in the teachings of the gospel, you know, when, he nailed, when, when they nailed him to that tree, they nailed your sins with him. And your sins were nailed with him. Just like the old law. The old Mosaic laws were nailed with him. Now the, those were the things that were nailed with him. That's the reason legalists today have a problem. That's the reason the gospel is a, is a, uh, is a, uh, a block to those legalists. Because they, they say, I'm living my life the way I want to live it. And I read in the Old Testament where we should do this and that, and I do that, and I'm living my life like that. That's a legalist. 
They don't want to hear the gospel of grace that says that you have to be born again. That teaches that, that, that you have to, that you would have known before the foundation of the world. Legalists don't want to hear those things. They want to hear the legalist says, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of the Bible what I can get out of it and I'm going to live it the way. And they wind up maybe getting one chapter of the Bible and that they live with that one chapter of the Bible. There's people out there, folks, that call themselves Christians that live by nothing but the Ten Commandments. I know. I, I, I saw them. I went out throughout the mountains of Kentucky preaching and, and witnessing. And I've done it here in Georgia and I did it in Illinois. And went, went throughout, throughout the, the mountains up there in Kentucky preaching. And I had people tell me, well, my, I'm okay because I live by the Ten Commandments. Don't you think that's okay, preacher? What, what are you going to say there? When somebody says, don't you think that's okay? Sure, we want somebody to live by the Ten Commandments, but we don't want to live by the Ten Commandments thanks to salvation. Thanks they're going to go to heaven because they live by the Ten Commandments. You know, you can make a whole life by the Ten Commandments. Thou shouldn't, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, you can do that. Thou shalt have no images uh, of, of anything uh, to worship here, images to worship of anything here on earth. You can do that. You can throw away all your pictures. You you can you can uh, uh, not throw away all your idols. Or what, what about, uh, what about thou shalt not steal? Well, you can go through life not stealing. What about thou shalt not lie? Well, some people go through life that lie. Did, did you know when talk about the Ten Commandments, that one sin that David committed, it is said that he committed every one of the Ten Commandments. That he broke every one of the Ten Commandments. When he committed that sin with Bathsheba. How many times have we committed sin that we broke those Ten Commandments? Just like I told the lady that told me they live by the Ten Commandments and that was salvation. But how many, how much sin have we committed that have broke those Ten Commandments? There's a, there's a lot of them out there. There, there are brothers, uh, in essence their sins were nailed to the tree as Christ was nailed to the tree. They're brothers with one father. And I can imagine what the Lord is saying today about those who want to live their own lifestyle and still call themselves his brother. Those, those, those people who, 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 who live according to uh, what is taught in the scriptures as far as the grace is concerned, they're the ones that's his brother's. They're the ones that's his sisters. They, they are the ones. It, it is a reality that the gospel is a stumbling block to all those who want to live their lives as previously stated. Most professed Christians have already dashed his or her ship against the rock of ages. Most of them already have. They, they've already, they've already dashed that ship against the rock of ages. I'm not gonna, uh, the gospel is too strict. I'm going to find me a religion. It's like one fellow told me one time, he said, I'm going to find me a religion that let me curse. I'm going to find me a religion that will let me drink. I asked a fellow one time, 
I knew he drank, and I said, uh, I said, uh, do they ever preach against you drinking in, in your, will you go to church? He said, no. He said, the pastor said, it's okay. So as a matter of fact, so we play golf and the pastor drinks with us. You'd be surprised if I, if I told you who that pastor was. Said he'll drink a beer with us. Said that's the kind of preacher we want. That's the kind of person we want. You know, we, we, we don't want anybody to preach a gospel of grace to us. It teaches us that our lives totally change and it's completely changed from the time we're saved until we die. That change doesn't last just a week or two. It does for some people, but it doesn't last just a week or two. That change, that regeneration is something that's lasts a lifetime. That re, that rebirth, regeneration and, bo- and being born again is the same thing. That, that life, that life, when you're born again, you live with that life the rest of your life. That's gospel teaching. Now, if we're to understand the gospel of Christ, as it refers to stumbling block, we must see to whom the gospel is a stumbling block. To whom? He tells us in here who, who it is. He says it is a stumbling block to the, to, to the Jews, and, and, and it is a, uh, it is just plain foolishness to the Greeks. The Greeks representing you and me. Greeks represent us, the Gentiles. That's who the Greeks represent here. So what is he saying here? He's saying to those legalistic Jews, they require a sign. Show us, show us. Before I believe upon you, I want you to show us. I want you to prove it to me. What, what was, what was it? Some of those legalists said to Christ when they said, well, we know his father. We know that his father is a carpenter and we know that he's a carpenter too. Now he's telling us he's God. That's stupid. They said, that's stupid for anybody to do something like that. So that's, that, that's how they looked at Christ. They said, we know his dad. You know, people could say, well, uh, I knew Brother Paul's dad a long time ago, you know, and I know Brother Paul's just like his dad. Or just like, just like somebody in the family, the gospel is what separates us from that family life that we have here on earth. It separates us from it. It puts us in a family of God. This puts us in a family where we can say, Abba, Father. He, he is our God. He, 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 he's our Father. Well, in our text, he says, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Now, the Jews and the Gentiles may be looked upon as typical of relig- religiosity today. Now, if you put the two together here, the Jews and the Gentiles, that is typical of religiosity today. There, there are those who, there are those who live a legalistic life. If I miss church one time and I go four times in a row, I'm redeemed. If, if I, if I fail to put money in back there and I put money in four Sundays in a row or four months in a row, then I'm redeemed. That's legalism. 
The gospel doesn't say you have to put a dime in back there. The gospel doesn't, the gospel doesn't say that you have to be in church. But what the gospel teaches is grace that you'll want to give and you'll want to be in church. That's the gospel. It's what the gospel is. Legalism teaches if you do this and you do so much of this, then you, you paid for that. You'd be surprised people live with that. They, people, maybe some sitting right in here right now has got that mind. That, that, that I, I've, I've done, uh, what, what if somebody says, well, I've come to church long enough that I deserve to be gone for a while. What is that? That's legalism. That's, that, 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 that makes it, that makes us just like those Greeks, I mean like those Jews who were legalistic. The Jews stood for religious works, the Greeks for worldly wisdom. Just how much more intelligence is the average person today than the average preacher of the gospel truth? You know, intelligence rules a lot of the religion today. Now, why, why would anybody go and, I'm talking about in, in, in religion, go and get a doctor in front of their name? It doesn't make them any better preacher. I did enough work to get a doctorate, but, but I didn't get it because what good, what good would it done me? I just had something to hang on the wall. What good would it do me? It didn't do me a bit of good. All the education I've gotten over the years, it did help me when I worked. I'm talking about my, uh, my secondary education. But it don't help me in my preaching. It doesn't, it doesn't help me in serving the Lord. Not one bit. To the Jews, the gospel of Christ is a stumbling block. But to the Greeks, it is a laughing stock. The Jews says it's a stumbling block. It gets in our way. We, we want to do things our way. We, we, want to, we want to meet with people out on the streets and pray with them long prayers. We want to wear our long clothes, our, all of our philanthropy, whatever you call it. We, we want to wear all of that. We want to get out on the streets and let people see, look who I am. I'm Mr. Pharisee. And you're going to have to understand, I'm Mr. Pharisee, and you need to listen to me. We're going to go out there on the street corner. We're going to make long prayers so people know who we are. That's legalism. I go to church. People should know who I am. I go to church. That's legalism. That's legalism. The Greeks make it a stumbling block. I mean, the Jews make it a stumbling block, and the Greeks a laughing stock. The gospel of Christ knocks the feet out from under the legalists and pricks the gaudy bubble of the flesh of the wise. All it does is it just preaks that, that bubble of the wise and just they just go down to nothing. 
Who is the Jew? He is the person who has been brought up under the religious umbrella. That's the Jew. His mother, his daddy, his uncle, his aunt, his grandfather, his grandmother were all Jews. And he's been brought up under that same umbrella. Well, we do the same thing today. We bring our kids up under the umbrella we were brought up under. You know, you're blessed. You're blessed if uh, if you wasn't brought up under a religious umbrella. I wasn't. I knew I knew absolutely nothing about religion except for the time when I went to church for about eight months with my sister and brother-in-law when I was ten years old. Who is a Jew? He's a person who's been brought up under religious umbrella. He says his prayers. He gives his tithe. He attends his religious services. He, 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 he is very orthodox in his beliefs. He has no fellowship with the wayward sinner and certainly has no fellowship with the gospel of Christ. That's the Jew. That's the Jew. For the gospel of Christ teaches humility, and he will never be humble. One can preach the gospel every time he, every time he darkens the door of the, of the Lord's church, but it has no effect upon this kind. No effect. The legalists, the gospel has no effect upon them. They just sit and they'll say, I wish he'd find something else to preach about. I wish he would come just like one old gentleman said to me one time. He said, why don't you preach sometime on that wheel within a wheel that that, Jared, that uh, Ezekiel saw? I said, I don't have to preach on it. He said, well, no, not too many people know what it is. I said, I know what it is. It's a gyroscope. It's a gyro. He looked at me and he said, how do you know that? I studied it in school. When you had a wheel within a wheel, that's a gyro. And he said, well, why don't you ever preach on that? I said, all I got to do is get up there and say, that wheel within a wheel is a gyro. What, what else can I say about it? He didn't want to hear the gospel of grace. He's a man that told me, he said, all I ever hear out of you is grace, 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 grace. He said, you need to stop preaching grace. Very religious fellow. Who is the Greek? He is that person who thinks it is foolishness to keep preaching the gospel to those who will never listen. He thinks that's foolishness. He's not going to listen to it, and he don't think anybody else is. So it's just foolishness to preach it. Start preaching something else. Start preaching about the wheel within a wheel. Start start preaching about the, uh, did, did, uh, did Ezekiel see a, a, a spaceship? What was that Ezekiel saw in the sky? Was that a spaceship? What was that? Preach about that for a while. Preach about those things. Preach about that seventh heaven that Paul went to. We don't even know where the seventh heaven is. But preach about that for a while. Don't, don't preach the gospel. 
be be a little more intelligent and 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 be be a little more uh uh, uh i guess you could say elaborate in your preaching The Greeks are those who give themselves to the arts, philosophy, and physical nature. He earns his own way in the world and never wants to be drawn away from his lifestyle by the gospel of Christ. That's the Greek, or that's the Gentile that he's referring to here when he says unto the Greeks, uh, uh, it's, it's foolishness. That's who he's referring to there. In the great apostle Paul's day, Athens, Greece, was a city of schools where even Roman youth came to be educated. All the students went to Athens to tell and to hear and to see something new. Well, when Paul stood there on Mars Hill in Athens, Greece, he looked out over that great valley of that great city and all he saw was religious symbols everywhere. Everywhere. He saw them everywhere. And Paul said, I, I notice you've got a symbol here for the unknown God. I'm here to tell you about him. What did he do? He preached the gospel to those people. I'm here to tell you about it. Acts 17. Now turn with Acts 17 if you would. I'm going to show you something here. Uh-uh. Acts 17, and I want to read, begin in verse 21. Paul says, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found all, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. They had it all covered. Why would Paul say that to them? They had it all covered. They had religion completely covered. They had, they, they had idols to every god that they could think about. It's like the lady in Kentucky that was baptized into every, every church in one city up there, probably amounted to 25 or 30 churches. Somebody asked her one time, they said, why did you do that? She said, I won't be sure I'm right. Well, they, they were sure they were right because they had, they had idled everything. You know, we live the same way today. We want to be right. So why, who, who is anybody to stand up here in a pulpit and tell me I'm wrong? I, we want to be right about what we do. 
we want to be right. And Paul said, you, you people same way. He said in the 24th verse, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Determined the times appointed. Let me tell you something. They didn't believe that. Those Greeks didn't believe that. They didn't believe that there was a time to die, a time to be born. They just, they believed that if they got smart enough, they'd live on forever. They, they, they believed they got intelligent enough, they, they could live on forever. They, they didn't believe none of those things. That they should seek the Lord, verse 27, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. He's here, here he's, he's proclaiming the gospel. For in him we live, move, and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So he goes on, he goes on to tell them who the unknown God is. But they just laughed at him. They just laughed at him. Him has been ignorant. And Paul, Paul tells it later on over there when he, he's talking to one of the potentates. Paul says, they thought I was ignorant, just like you think I'm ignorant. Now lastly, if we're to understand the gospel of Christ as it pertains to stumbling block, we must see what the gospel really is. What the gospel really is. We know... That it is the power of God, what it says. In, in the book of Romans, first chapter, we know, here it is. The great apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, and to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Make no difference who you are. It's, the gospel is the power of God. That word power means dynamite. That's where we get our word dynamite from. The gospel is so explosive, so explosive. The power of it is so explosive that it can touch you, it can touch me, and it has. That's how powerful the gospel is. It's not the preacher that's preaching it. It's not the person that may get eloquent enough to, to get up and say big words. That's not the one. The gospel is so powerful that that if one of these little children said to one of their classmates, well, you know, the gospel of Christ is what we live by, that's explosive enough that it can cover every child in his classroom. Little children are inquisitive anyway. We know it is the wisdom of God. The plan and purpose of God in redemption by the giving of his beloved son and, and shedding of his blood on the tree of Calvary is a revelation of divine wisdom as well as divine love 
and choosing his children before the foundation of the world. Not only, not only was it divine wisdom, but it's also divine love. That he would love you and me. That's the gospel now, that he would love you and me. Even before the world began. You say, well, I wasn't even born. But he would love you and me before the world began. You'll say, well, I didn't come along till 6,000, 7,000 years later. But it's divine love for you and me. How do you know God knew you? It's because you respond to the gospel of the truth. That's how you know God loved you before the foundation of the world. And God, Bible says you'll never lose that love. It was Apostle Paul, and, 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 and we, we are constrained to say this also. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge. How unsearchable are his judgments and his way past finding out. Romans eleven thirty three. You think you can ever find out all of it? You can't. You're going to spend an eternity in heaven learning about the rest of the gospel that I haven't been able to preach to you. You really are. May the Lord bless you this day and lay a stumbling block to draw you away from the world to his way of living. What about you, sinner? Why not trust an all-wise Savior? Save your soul.